In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. So my opening question to you today, Amy, is one that I appreciate is terrifying, but oh, um, no. have you oh, ever... Oh, no, you're going to ask me about a plane crash. Yes. Have you ever thought about what you would do if the plane that you were on started crashing to the ground? Um, yeah, I think about it all the time because... Um, <laughs> I, that is a huge fear of mine. I don't like flying for that reason. Um, the minute there's like an ounce of turbulence, I'm like, okay, that's it. Bye-bye. Um, and what would I do? I'll tell you what I would not do. And that's exactly what happens in the show we watched. Um, we'll get there. But I would panic and probably like pass out in my seat and hopefully die before any impact. Mm. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> slight follow-up. Would you prefer yeah. the crash to happen over water or over land? Um, th- th- I mean, I feel like one answer is, like, a little bit selfish and one is, like, a little bit more... Um, I feel like my answer is a little bit selfish because I think I would prefer land, though I know that's much more dangerous for anyone on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, per, maybe in a field somewhere where we wouldn't hurt anybody. But, like, because I can't... I don't like oceans, and I don't like mm. deep water. I, mm. don't, I don't like the thought of... And there's also, like, zero chance of recovery in that situation. Um, and not that I care about my body being recovered, but like someone might, like, someone maybe <laughs> would care about me. <laughs> um, and I just, I don't like the, yeah, I wouldn't want, for example, like I would never want to be on what flight was it? What was the one that just like disappeared? Oh, that like, was like, I don't even know Malaysia air something, yeah. something. Yeah. Like uh, that's, that's like horrifying, whatever the, what happened there. Um, so yeah, I prefer a land, yeah, land. I mean, it's all kind I mean, it's all theoretical, obviously. It's all bad. But, yeah, because we also know, like, someone might choose water because they'd think, like, then I might have a chance of surviving. And it's like, no, when you hit water, 
at the speed you would hit it, hitting water is the same as hitting ground. It's like... Yeah, like, if we're talking about, like, a, you know, Miracle on the Hudson, sure. But, like, <laughs> other than that, every other time a plane has hit water, it's not been good. It's the same... It's the same kind of misunderstanding of how things work that when you see in movies when someone is, like, hanging out of a window and they're like, oh, can I, like, thrust myself toward a pool that will, like, keep me alive. Like, in movie land, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. But in reality, after you get a certain... That's concrete. Yeah, like, once you're a certain height, the velocity that you're going to hit that water means that, yeah, as you said, it might as well be concrete because... It's the same. Yeah. Um, and when you're in, like, a flying metal tube that might be caught on fire already. or something, Right. Like, they're just, like, none of it's good. No, it um, is not good. Um, yeah, they spend a lot of minutes in this episode in a plane crash. And it was jarring. And, I mean, they showed a lot of, like, inside the plane yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And, like, that is my literal nightmare. Yeah. Like... And I think the thing to me that's the most terrifying about that, aside from just, like, the intellectual, like, you're falling from tens of thousands of miles above to below. Like, that is bad. Um, (laughs) But I think what would actually, to me, feel the worst would be that there's nothing you can do. Like there's, there isn't, there isn't anything you can do. And like what happens, we'll talk about it, but like what happens in this scenario would a, like just never happen. Correct. Yes. (laughs) And, and B, yeah. Like as a passenger, you're completely, you're completely out of control. There's nothing you can do except for sit there and and wait for death. Basically. Which admittedly is what being a human is, is we are just sitting around waiting for death. Um, I mean, I guess. But yeah, that's like, like you're too conscious of it in the context of that. And it's like too imminent. Like, yeah, it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm going to die someday. Even if like it happens to be tomorrow and you're unaware, you're unaware. Correct. And but if you're like, I've literally got five minutes here and like that's right. Right. And you don't have, like, (laughs) not that this is the main thing, but, like, you don't have, usually you don't have a way to communicate with anyone. I guess nowadays people do have, I mean, I think you could. Wi-Fi and planes and stuff. Right, but, like, then you're seriously going to call someone and be like, I'm dying soon. Bye. (laughs) I mean, I might. (laughs) I think that's also pretty shitty as a thing to, like burden somebody else with that like well but they're gonna find if it's somebody but I wouldn't just like call anybody random in my no, phone but I like know, but. if it was like my next of kin and they, I was like wanted to like say goodbye I as guess. opposed to like I don't know and then the, and then if we did land in water and they never found my body they would know yeah, yeah, okay I guess. well she said she was dying I guess that's true that's possible <laughs> I mean it's all dark it's all, it's all like real bad and then also just like physically I was just thinking about like I don't love a roller coaster. I don't know. I don't like that, especially, which is what's supposed to be the exhilarating part, which is like you inch, 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 up, 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 and then you drop down. I don't it's love the thing. that feeling. And then to like, because if a plane's crashing, you're probably having that feeling for like, well, that feeling times 100 for many minutes in a row. Yeah, a horrible. Um, yeah, I, maybe yeah. I think in that, 
like, I know it, you can, like, have a heart attack from fear, so... I think I would. That's what I would... I'm not going to lie. I think that I would. Request. <laughs> request. I request a heart attack, please. Please. No, um, I think that I just would. Like, whenever, like... <laughs> I've never... Oh, gosh, where's some wood, speaking of... Um, I've never had, like, an actual, like, terrifying experience where, like... Like, my life has been pretty boring. So, like, I've never had anything crazy happen to me. And... Like every the thought of like zombie apocalypse or like murderer coming into your house or plane crash or like any of those like type of really <laughs> heightened scenario, I do think that I would just like have a fear panic attack and like pass out and die. Yeah, <laughs> in like all of those scenarios. Yeah, I mean I've been in one car accident in my life and. It luckily happened so quickly that there wasn't time to, like, worry about, like, am I going to die? And, frankly, that was not likely. But I suppose it could have been bad. Um, I don't remember that. That was, like, years ago. But, um, yeah, like, the the length of time that a potential crash could be happening feels like the worst part about it to me a hundred percent um so hello everyone anyway welcome to see you next week in space and uh i am we really hope none of you got into a plane crash yeah anytime. and if you have been in a plane crash and survived i must know that story so please do reach out that to is, me. i mean to survive some i will say to survive something like that something catastrophic I mean, they they have shows called, like, I Survived, and it's about people who've, like, yeah. survived catastrophic things. And it is fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my sister and co-host, Amy Walsh, and it is See You Next Week in Space Time. And, um, Amy, why don't you tell everyone why we're talking about... Why we're talking about <laughs> a plane crash. We just like to talk about plane crashes sometimes. We thought it, thought it was, like, a nice, fun thing people like to listen about. Real um, light. No. Yeah. It's, you know, a fun, jaunty Saturday afternoon. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about the show called Sisyphus. Um, is it the whole name of the show Sisyphus? Wow, this is hard to say. Sisyphus the Myth? I believe so, Or is that yes. the name of the episode? I, oh, that's the whole name of the show. I believe so, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, we watched the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Netflix, originally released in South Korea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Um, so this is super new. This is one of our one of the things that would take the place is like kind of the closest in time between release and when we talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, in all fairness, like we've already actually done a South Korean show before. We have um, because I went through. But we haven't done Squid Game. No, we haven't done Squid Game. But that's why I chose this because <laughs> I had just finished Squid Game recently. And I was like, hmm. would you wait really quick? Not that this is about Squid Game, but would you consider Squid Game science fiction? Yeah, I actually thought about that a bit. And I don't think it is because huh. it's not, even though it's showing really fucked up shit. Yeah. It's it's not set in, al- in an alternative reality. That's the whole, okay. that's why it's so yeah. disturbing is that it's meant to be yeah. 100% of our state of affairs in the now. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense, 
even though it's really awesome and like dystopian and heightened and whatever, yeah. I don't. Yeah, so it's dystopian as opposed to like science fiction, right? That's that yeah. would be my read on it. Um, and did you look up how much forty five billion won was in American dollars? I did, and isn't it like a million bucks or something? It, I looked it up and it said twenty one million. Oh. I thought anyway. Well, the funny th- no one cares because this is not a Squid Game podcast. But I looked up. I literally typed in like. 45 right and I 45.5 I didn't even write the word like the rest one, of nothing it yeah, yeah it all filled in yeah was like, so a lot of people were asking that question yeah um because clearly everyone anyway. sucks and they're like I better know like if is this a lot of money because then I might kill 455 <laughs> other people <laughs> um, oh my gosh I mean that's what's that's what makes a dystopian show like that I think really the hit that it is because I think quite frankly a lot of people would kill 455 people for 20 million dollars and some people would be like that's not even that many people like um (laughs) okay like serial killers might say that or or they might say I and the show definitely portrayed this I won't have to kill all of them yeah only some I'll probably end up having to kill myself right um yeah so no, but anyway, the that show reminded me of that I already liked a lot of South Korean stuff, and that they make a lot of interesting, like, alternative reality science fiction fantasy type mm-hmm. shows, and so thought provoking stuff. Yeah, and that they also have really good production value type stuff. So I was like, yeah. okay, let's. I think let's give a try to a different one. Um, mm-hmm. And frankly, like, and we've talked about this a lot, like, obviously, most of the stuff we talk about is, like, white people extravaganza. Um, (laughs) But, like, Asian people for sure don't get a lot of coverage in, like, mainstream science fiction. Like, they're hardly Mm -hmm. even characters. So, um, to have a show where everyone is Asian is, like, hopefully a little bit of a corrective um yeah but so this one as I was saying is super recent um Mm -hmm. let me just look because I have the wikipedia page and I want to say so in um Korea it start it started coming out in February of 2021 so February of this year um and it was made as a special like anniversary series to celebrate um this particular channel called JTBC, which I assume stands for something in Korean that isn't hmm. super relevant to us, um, but I get. But the way they're talking about it suggests that that particular channel is kind of known for doing kind of big epic oh. miniseries, and that's the other thing too. And and I think we talked about this before with my Hollow Love that um, the kind of I'm sure they do series that last for many years in South Korea, but. Um, quite a lot of their super like big ticket special stuff is where like we're doing maybe eight to 12 episodes mm. or something. How many episodes are there of this? I didn't look at um, it. Let's really. see here. I feel it's like it's deal, 10 but... maybe. Okay. Because um, they're kind of long. I mean, they're like our episodes. Yeah, oh, I see. So these are being released as, oh no, that's the soundtrack. Never mind. Um, so yeah, this one has 16 episodes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that's a lot. Actually. Yeah. And that explains why, like, 
quite a lot in this pilot episode that we watched was left undescribed and unexplained because I guess they have a lot of time to like build up to it um and to build up to various different reveals so I've watched yeah up I think I just finished episode three the other day just so I could have a little bit more perhaps understanding of some things that are going on um yeah I didn't have a full grasp of what's yeah. going on so if honest. I could do it over again I might have chosen a different episode for us to watch where like kind of more stuff happens um yeah, but on the but other I liked this. yeah this was a, I think this worked really nicely as a setup for what will come yeah. later so um the IMDB description is an unfathomable incident introduces a genius engineer to dangerous secrets of the world and to a woman from the future who's come looking for him. Um, and just so that we know, uh, this episode, and as far as I can tell, all remaining episodes are set in the year 2020. Um, and the only slight deviation from it not being in reality is that there's no COVID in that 2020, as would be my yeah. guess. Um, mm-hmm. And... This episode introduces us to a lot of characters, but there's really only a few uh, that we need to know the names of and have real understanding of who they are. And yeah. the, and really, two are like the male and female main characters are really the most important. Um, yeah, and that's who we spend the most time with in this episode. So, yeah. uh, the male protagonist is a character called Hantai Sul who is played um, by an actor named Cho Sung-woo, uh, who is 41. Um, mm. And I thought you might find this pretty interesting. I certainly did. So um, he started acting while he was in college um, and has done quite a lot of uh, TV and movies in Korea. But he is mm-hmm. perhaps best known as originating uh, the role in the musical Jekyll and Hyde, like the Korean version of that oh, musical. Cute. And that, I think, it's if I remember correctly, that he did in like the early 2000s when mm-hmm, he was okay. like a younger guy. Um, and he's mm-hmm. done that, he's reprised that role at least a few times. Um, so he's probably a great singer. Yeah, and he was also Hedwig in Hedwig and the Angry Inch both oh, wow. in the original run through Korea, and then, in like, again, that's done kind of um, revivals as well. And so he's been in those. Oh, interesting. Um, also, kind of speaking to the experience um, of South Korea, he has a brief kind of respite or hiatus in his career uh, in the late 2000s because he has to do the compulsory military service that all men in Korea are expected to do by a certain age. Um, I actually didn't know that, and I don't remember. If, maybe we talked about it on the last episode, but I don't have a good memory. Um, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, I feel like actually one of the BTS guys recently had to do it as well. Really? Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your title, what your station. No, like, and in you fact, have to do it. In fact, it's like very. It's about the fact that you can't get out of it. Like that, we all wow. contribute, and this is like it does. You no amount of power or fame. And for how long do they? I, mean, I don't that, think don't it's very long, this, but. <laughs> but I think it's maybe one or two years or something. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, a lot of countries do have some variation on this um, for men, and it is only the men. Yeah, for men. Mm, um, and the argument is basically like um, sometimes it's more maybe 
born of communist leanings, but not always. Um, it's also like, so communist countries might have it for the reason being like, we're all equal. So everyone has to participate in this. Um, Mm -hmm. other countries that have had the history of military dictatorships, which I actually know from my, uh, world history class that I taught this year, um, South Korea had a military dictatorship and that is also often a legacy of that as well. Um, that, so like Chile is another place that used to have, I don't know if it still does, but for a while it had compulsory military service too. Um, Mm. so lots of countries have this. Some places you can kind of, quote-unquote, buy yourself out. Um, yeah. But South Korea is actually still really much com- like much committed to the idea that we all do this together. Um, very interesting. So, I did not know that. Yeah, so he did that. Um, and in fact, most of his credits that I was able... And I mostly found them not on IMDb, but like when I looked at his Wikipedia page, a l- most of his credits are musicals of various persuasions. Oh, that's so interesting. I love that. Yeah. Um, then the next character is the female protagonist and the character's name is Kang So-hai. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also I know, I've noticed now that I've watched more, um, Korean stuff, like the, the names that they put into the subtitles and yeah, they're not really, they don't look like how, when people say the name, like it looks like people say the name differently than how it's written. So I don't even know how, um, you know, Westerners like myself could even have a hope of actually pronouncing these people's names correctly. (laughs) Um, So I do apologize about that. Um, But it's, but it's not just that like maybe English can't capture with its letters, like the exact sound thing that you would have to do. Yeah. I don't think it's just that. I think it's also that like, cause like, I don't know. I always get very, like, when I have subtitles, I really like to try and pick out, like, can I at least figure out this person's name? Like, where that falls Yeah, wait, sentence. so was, on yours, was it was subtitles? Yeah. Oh, mine was dubbed. Oh, I mean, I just have it set on Netflix Oh, you to just have. watch subtitles, Yeah, too. I prefer. Oh, okay. Um, but so, and that's because I can pick up on this stuff. So, in, I, like, unsurprisingly, I think that in Korean... There are ways that you can modify someone's name that, like, show more respect or, like, clo- like are we friends or are you my business partner or are you my wife or are you my boss? Mm. You know, like, all mm-hmm. these different things. Mm-hmm. And so, but all of that in the subtitle just gets called the person's first name. Yeah. And I understand why you would do that, but I'm like, oh, I really wish that I could understand better what these different things are that are happening. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, uh, yeah, I am probably not pronouncing anyone's name correctly, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, so Kang So-hai is portrayed by an actor named Park Shin-hee, who's 31. Um, she's also like, so that's the thing is like, this is a very big ticket miniseries in South Korea Mm -hmm. because both of these actors are really prominent. Um, The woman has been like kind of a big deal. She got her first role when she was 13 and has been acting ever since, um, mostly in TV and movies. And um, one of the things that I thought I especially would have liked to watch and may watch at some point, and she's in a show, I can't remember, actually, no, I think it's a movie uh, that in English is called Evil Twin. And yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, where she plays both 
like, well, obviously she plays twins, but <laughs> one of the twins is alive and the other twin has died and she plays the ghost of her dead twin who I guess I love like that. terrorizes the alive twin somehow. I love that. Um, yeah, I assume it's a horror movie, but who knows? Um, I mean, it sounds like it. I would yeah. Hope. But I guess you never know. Yeah, and so she has been really like increasingly popular uh, and it looks like she's, you know, as as we already know from K-pop and things, like, uh, Koreans pop culture stuff is quite popular uh, mm-hmm. globally, but especially within Asia. Korean stuff yeah. is some of, kind of, the at the moment, like, the most popular, um, okay. like, media content creator. Mm. So mm-hmm. she's done really well, like, her movies – um, and her TV appearances, and I think she maybe even has, like, an album or something, you know, like, um, so she's doing really great, like, people love watching her in China and Japan and all over the place, so she's got, and both of these people have also gotten, like, different kinds of awards and different things, so, Mm. um, they would be exceptionally recognizable, um, to an Asian audience, um, Mm. and then the last person I'll mention because he starts to play a slightly larger role as the episodes go on is a character called Choi Jae Sun. Um, now what's weird here is I can't really, there are two actors listed for this character. Um, hmm. one called Hao Feng. When wait, which actor or which character is this one? This is the guy. He's got like kind of like the dyed reddish hair who hangs out with So Hai. Like she find he's like working in that restaurant and she tells him to give him Oh yeah, okay. That one. Okay, okay, okay. Um so one of the actors associated with this character is somebody named Hao Feng, and then the other person associated with it is Chai Jung Kyap. I and I I tried to figure out who was who and I don't know. I wonder I wonder if like later in this season or in the series like it's played by a different actor well because one of them has the words like english version next to it and i maybe oh. what that means is that um in the dubbing That's that the you were voice. listening to yeah so i but i just couldn't yeah. tell i'm like so i don't know which person and like this whoever this is seems still pretty new so there isn't even really wikipedia stuff about uh, yeah. them to verify anything so okay. um Anyway, that's where we are with that. And there are some other people who sort of matter in this episode, but these are the main ones that we need. Um, I also thought it was kind of interesting that then the very first, like, title card that we have here is one that says, all names, organizations, and incidents in this drama are fictional. And that appears at the start of each episode. (laughs) And I didn't know if that was meant to lend to the sci-fi of it all because we we're you and I are quite used to getting a title card as like a yeah, set they're like oh things. we got to throw in a title card here. yeah or if it's because perhaps like um cuz yeah at the end of this they talk about something called the control board bureau and mm-hmm. um and subsequent ep- episodes they also like basically say that the control bureau is like the immigration department in South Korea um and I'm like is that because there is a real control bureau in South Korea like not even necessarily about immigration just like could that word set of words 
combine together, be a different agency or something. Um, so that this is act like an actual legal disclaimer <laughs> that says, like, we've just created this, but please don't sue us. Um, I would like to assume the previous, that it's just a standard sci-fi thing, but yeah, I don't know for that's sure. a little less ominous. Yeah. Um, so the opening scene, which I... I You'll see from my outline, I struggled to describe even where we are. I don't know where we are. Yeah, I didn't know what was happening. In this opening scene. Yeah. Um, but we see, like, this big reactor firing up. And there are a bunch of people standing in line. And um, we don't... I can't remember if we're, if Sahoy's name is used in this scene or if we just see this young woman talking to her dad but she's clearly like waiting to be called to join this line to go somewhere. Right. And um, so like basically what we're getting is like clips of we're returning back and forth to this conversation between Sohai and her father to watching people like going through what looks a bit like the TSA at an airport. Yeah. Um, yeah. And getting but much creepier in a weird. Well, way. everyone looks really depressed, yeah, and sweaty, and yeah. I'm sorry to say, and the lighting this, is like they all look poor. Um, yeah. So I don't. Yeah. So it just looks like even worse than the usual TSA experience. Yeah. Um, but not by as much as you might imagine, because the TSA experience <laughs> is so shitty. Um, so th- and then they're also getting like. At first, I thought they were getting some sort of inoculation or something because, like, soldiers are going through and, like, giving, like, an injection into people's arms. But then when Sao Hai gets hers, she gets the injection, and then it makes, like, a series of numbers show up on her skin. Like, they, like, Mm -hmm. bloop out, kind of. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, okay, well, here's... I have so many questions already, and I don't, I don't know what is happening. <laughs> Meanwhile, the conversation that she and her dad are having is where she's, like, asking him to come along with her. He says he can't, but there's clearly some plan that they have about wherever right. she's going. And right. the plan involves three stages or steps or whatever. The first is, he's like, when you first get there run and you're like okay I don't know where there is all right Um, terrifying as a first step second step don't trust anyone also not great um and third step is to avoid someone named Han Taisul and basically we still don't know exactly where she is headed um yeah but it sounds like wherever she's going is going to be better than where she is because he also tells her, like, they have real food there, and you're going to love it. And just basically, like, he's like, don't... Because she's like, why don't you come with me? Why You know, and he's like, no, no, no. And then he's basically like, I just want you to enjoy your life, and that's the way that I will feel happiest, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess we have to assume that this is a goodbye forever scenario. It seemed like it. And she's but going off to this I better still life. I confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we get the little title card that tells us this is the myth. And you're like, okay, fine. Um, (laughs) 
then we arrive in our world, um, and Sohai has woken up alongside some train tracks um, in a cityscape that I'm fairly certain is Seoul. Um, yeah. Which they don't really clarify that in this episode, but later they have to go from Seoul uh, to Busan. Um, so mm. I, I'm pretty sure that's where they are at this time. Are those the two biggest cities? I know Seoul is like the capital, right. but yeah, I think Seoul and Busan are probably Busan's pretty big. Yeah, but they're at that at different ends of the country. Okay, so like Seoul is okay. in the northern part, and Busan is on the southern coast. And I only know that because I looked it up yesterday when they were taking the train to Busan. <laughs> it's like, I better figure out where this <laughs> there is. is. A movie called, there is yeah. also a movie called Train to Busan, I think. Yes, there is. And it's supposed to be pretty good, I've heard. Yeah. Um, so uh, she's walking along the train tracks with a suitcase. Um, she doesn't have... With no shoes. No shoes. I was going to say, I did not like seeing her feet. I did not like that. And they're all, like, cut up and bloody, but she doesn't seem I to... I did not like that. ...care. Um, no. Which I don't know what that's about, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and, but while... So as that's happening, she seems to be caught by this group of people. Um, yeah. And I think the... If I remember correctly, yeah, it's like first... You hear these sounds like overhead, and then you realize that it's drones that have been yeah like honing in on her. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's this big kind of chase scene where she's trying to get away from these various soldier types. Um, yeah, and, and reminder, she's not wearing shoes. She's not wearing so. shoes, and she's in like um, not like it's not the train station part. It's the part where all the train tracks like come together. And all the different yeah. train cars are like... Like the train yard. Yeah. And she's like running through it. And first she's hiding under a train. And then she's like hiding between the train cars. And they always keep finding her. And then I think the last... Yeah, the last like bit of this scene is um, that all these soldiers have surrounded a particular train car. And she's on top of it. Yeah. And that's all we got. Cut to... We're on a plane. Oh, here we go. And Taisul is there, although we don't know that this is Taisul yet. Um, and he's just like handsome, debonair, smooth guy on plane. Um, yeah. And I did like that. Um, like, uh, what was I going to say? That the difference between economy and first class when they're like going through the plane and like you're first in the economy section and it's just like fucking everyone's shouting and it's terrible (laughs) and then you cut and then you follow the camera into first class and then it's quiet and it's nice and there's only like four people (laughs) in there and it's like oh yeah well the first class on certain there's certain airlines and I don't know like what is going on but like it seems like I think Emirates has a really nice one um, whatever the airlines that have like the pod situation, yeah. Um, that first class is like, and I don't ha- have any clue how much that costs, but that's like if you got to fly somewhere, and quite frankly, if you got to be in a plane crash, that's the way to go for sure. <laughs> so we see that he's there, um, and before the plane crash. There's already something else that's a bit dis- disturbing about this uh, trip 
because yeah. Hantai Sul is talking to someone that no one else sees. Yeah. And we don't entirely know who this person is yet, but Hantai Sul says, you're dead, you shouldn't be here. Yep. And you're like, wow, yep. okay, <laughs> tough. Um, <laughs> but then no sooner does that, like, I don't even know if it's a bombshell. It's just like, that's said. And then mm -hmm. the plane starts having trouble and chaos ensues. And um, hold on, like, now I need to get to the next page. Yeah. So at so now we're seeing, like, for, the net, for a lot of minutes, I'm serious, like, this scene of plane crash goes on for a while. It was... It was a long time, and I, like, I really, I started wondering, like, would they not be crashed by now? <laughs> I know, like, I know. I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how long it takes for a plane to go from, like, I, I have literally no idea, so, I'm, but that was a long time. It was a bit, like, it, it was felt a, long, because it's, like, the shots are going. This scene was, like, at least six or seven minutes. Yeah, and the shots are going from the cockpit to first class to economy and back, eventually mostly in the cockpit, but... Um, so what we see as the viewer is that what initiates the plane crash is something in the air hits into the plane and punches through such that the wind, I don't think this is really what it's called, but the windshield of the cockpit gets a big old hole in it. Yeah. I didn't really notice that, the, like, the the thing or the object no. that hit it. I just thought it was like a weird thing where they lost pressure and sometimes that causes the window. I didn't I didn't quite get what was happening. Well, no, we it's revealed later, later what happened. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. At for I was like something's hit it and it's busted through because and then oh. I'm pretty sure because it busted through that's what killed the main pilot is he gets like bashed yeah. in the head somehow and he dies. Yeah. So yeah. that's already pretty bad. Um, oh, that's like, <laughs> that's like, um, death scenario. I mean, if the, if the, the pilot is dead, like that's bad news bears, like right off the bat. Yeah. And so, so pilot's dead, pressure, cabin is depressurizing because of this hole in the windshield. Mm -hmm. Uh, everything starts going into pure chaos mode. Um, and this is when we get quite a lot of shots of people in the various parts of the plane freaking the fuck out. The, my, mm. my true vision of terror in an ever, in a plane, which is the, uh, oxygen masks drop. You know, here's another thing. Yes, exactly. That's the worst. They show people getting thrown around this plane. And by people, I basically mean the flight yeah. attendants. Get, getting like thrown ridiculously around this and plane. being hit by the, like drink carts those and carts things. and those carts are like hundreds yes. of pounds yes i actually like not to skip ahead at all but i actually think that that would have killed some people probably probably or because very way, seriously I mean, they were injured thrown them. to the ground yeah. yeah so in this chaos for reasons unknown taisul like opens up the overhead bin over his seat, and gets hit by a suitcase. Uh, I was annoyed by that. Then, <laughs> but the suitcase, for whatever reason, um, makes him have a vision of this dead guy we've just seen. 
Yep. And then because of that vision, Taisul like comes to and starts making his way into the cockpit. Yeah. And I don't really get, so, I mean, later we. Also not sure that that's a thing that can happen anymore. Well, no, because, (laughs) no, like as a passenger, the idea that you could open that door. um, Yeah, that's not a thing, right? No, you can't. I can't remember now if he like is banging on the door and tells the co-pilot to open up. Maybe that happens. I can't quite remember. Um, Yeah, I can't remember. But he gets into the cockpit and he's immediately like doing stuff to try and stop this plane from crashing. The first thing he does is that he finds some plastic or plexiglass or something um, and he starts duct taping it to over the hole in the windshield. Um, Loved that. <laughs> and that did seem to sort of help. Um, it did. Do you think that's real? Well, he said that pilots in World War II did similar things, and I'm like, maybe yeah. they did. Um, maybe. I mean, it's certain. I mean, I guess anything that would make it so that the hole is no longer there, right? Because the whole like, thing of like sense. the pressure in the cabin, like, is important to how the thing works. And now, um, I mean, it's still not good, but you can, with that plugged up, you can probably stabilize some things to then have an yeah, emergency think- landing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's part one fixed. But then it turns out that, like, in the context of what has happened, the control p- panel has shorted out. And Tysol is like, I can fix that as well. And he's like, looking at, like, what height are we at? Like, what's our altitude? Like, blah, blah, blah. And he mm-hmm. figures out that they have two and a half minutes for him to get the. Uh, control panel working again. Um, and that means two and a half minutes till they hit the ground, right? I guess. I guess. Yikes. Um, so, so then he starts like going nuts trying to fix this control panel. And in the midst of that, he gets a phone call from... That he answers. That he does answer. <laughs> and it's from his long-suffering... Now, I'm not sure if this is his assistant or his like second-in-command in his company... Um, but the person's name is Sung Bok, and I, that's the character's name, I should say. Um, yeah. And Sung Bok is, like, we're at, he's at a board meeting for an important company, and yeah. he's like, you're supposed to be here. And we get the impression that Tai Sul has been very unreliable many times. This isn't the first board meeting he's missed. So when Tai Sul is like, I'm on a plane that's crashing right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, for God's sake. And I'm in the cockpit trying to fix the plane yeah. also. And yeah. so Sung Bok is like, you're fucking with me. This is nuts. Like, And he probably yeah. is thinking like you did. Like, if that's true, why did you pick up the phone? Um, 1,000%. But meanwhile, <laughs> Tysol is like, just stop bothering me. Um, if you put on TV, you'll see that this is real. Um, I need you to, like, call emergency services and tell them, like, what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. Because... As you said, like the re- this is not only dangerous for the people on the plane that is quickly descending, but it's descending over Seoul, which is an incredibly yeah. populated city. And if it were to crash almost anywhere, like hundreds, possibly thousands of people would be killed um, in the yeah. context of that. So that's what we're trying to avoid here at this point. Um, yeah. 
And so all of this is happening, and then we get, as often is the case, like a big kind of light flare, white out, uh, and we see some flashes of kids playing on the beach, and then mm-hmm. we wake up in a hotel, not a hotel room, a hospital room, and Tysul is waking up. And mm-hmm. what we learn when he wakes up is that um, he was able to save the lives of everybody on the plane. Um, 261 people. Yep, that's the, they say that a number of times. Um, even though, as we pointed out, you might have been killed by those carts banging around. I think that... I feel like someone would have had, like, a massive head injury from At that least, or something. Yeah. Um, we also learn that he himself, however, has been in a coma for about a month. Um, mm-hmm. It's not clear if that's from, like, injuries sustained in the crash or what. You have to assume so, um, right? Yeah, because they do show a shot of, like, that the plane ultimately landed on some train tracks. Oh, was that what was? I couldn't tell if it was, like, a highway It was or some, it like looked what? like, yeah, it was, could have been a highway or train tracks, but it was, like, this kind of strip of emptiness in a very big city that you Can could, you, P.S., by the way, imagine, like, it's one thing to be on a crashing plane. Can you imagine seeing a plane crashing towards I know. Earth, like, toward as you. you're like, watching it? If you're in, if, if that was a highway, and you're, like, in your car, yeah. and you're seeing a plane <laughs> crashing into the highway Oh, my God, I would have on. a, I'd probably crash my car looking at <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. like. Yeah, but they oh don't mention any casualties on the ground, so this no. is all to the good. Um, yeah. Then we're in his home, where he is still recuperating, and mm-hmm. quite a lot of this, like, exposition is done through different, like, news reports. We do, like, a kind yeah. of transition through news reports where we hear this 261 people saved, that he's a hero. Also. And he was already, like, a big kind famous. Of, people, like, knew who he was yes. because he's the CEO of this company. Yes. He's, like, a Steve Jobs. Oh, he was on the, yeah, and he was on the cover of Forbes right. or something. Right, right. Um, so what we also learn in the context of these news clips is that the current belief amongst the people who have analyzed this crash was that the that the plane was hit by a bird um, mm. that then started the initial, like, all of these problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of terrifying because you're like, planes are around birds all the time. <laughs> The whole, the whole, like, bird strike thing is terrifying. Yeah. Like, because you can't, like, rid the sky of birds. No. <laughs> and I guess it probably depends, like, obviously the size of the bird relative to yeah. the size of the plane. And, like, probably also where the bird hits makes a difference. Sure. Well, like, right, exactly. Like, if it goes into the engine and, like, fucks up that, like, it's pretty bad. But if it, like, hits the the main fuselage or whatever, I would imagine it would be, like, the bird going by. Yeah, it just burns up or something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's all happening. Tysol has returned home, and he's still recuperating because he's in bed. Um, But Sung Bak reveals to him that in the context of this coma and the various things that have happened even before the coma, that the board of his company is, like we're giving you this kind of new set of rules of behavior that 
if you do not sign this, then basically you're going to lose the company. But also, like, when you sign this, you lose the kind of control you've had of the company. So it, it, to me, it kind of amounts to the same thing. Um, but we also learn that this is not just about him having been in a coma for a month, but also that even before that, you know, as we already learned, he was not coming to these meetings. Um, but Sungbok also is like, you were in Saipan. Why were you even in that plane? What were you doing in Saipan? Yeah. And Taisul doesn't mention it. So I do wonder if as I move further into the series, if that will be revealed to be like there's some reason he was there. Um, yeah. But the other reason that the board has like put this kind of um, set of rules on him is because Taisul is also addicted to various type of like uh, substances. Um, I think they specifically mentioned like Adderall, but also diazepam, um, like pretty su- some heavy duty like um, antipsychotic kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's because yeah. he's seeing his dead, this friend, right? Like, so yeah. he's, like, constantly taking these pills. So all of this is, like, okay, you need to be very much more closely monitored if you're going to maintain your position as CEO of this company. Yeah. And one of the points of this, or one of the components of this, is that then he has to go to these mandatory therapy sessions that... Mm-hmm. Now, this therapy session seems doomed from the start for a number of reasons not just because it's I was very required by, yeah but part one his therapist is his former girlfriend I did not get that I was like wait a second I couldn't yeah I was like she was at this like in this at this other place that he's talking about this day he's talking about she was there I didn't understand that so that is weird. Yeah. So his therapist. That's a huge conflict of yes, interest. Yes. I don't. I think in realities, if someone were to like say, okay, required therapy, you're like, okay, fine. Then it should definitely not be with your ex in any Especially capacity. when we're talking like, about, if we're talking about a therapist that can prescribe medication, that means they're a psychiatrist. Right. And like, so it's one thing, okay, for example, like. <laughs> If someone so chooses to have their spouse or their ex be their therapist, I mean, I guess that's fine if that works for them. But if they're actually actively prescribing you stuff, that seems like some type of malpractice situation. Yeah, so that's already bad. And then the other thing that's revealed in the context of this therapy session is that everything that happens in the session, she is required to report to the board. So I just feel like... Hmm. This isn't all of that. This is is not real therapy. Like, no. Um, but what we learn in the context of this visit is that the person that Tysol has been seeing is actually his brother. Yeah. So now we know who the dead guy is, (laughs) and his ex slash psychiatrist asks him, like, "Do you have any regrets?" About your brother. And then we have Mm -hmm. a flashback that shows us that, um, and it's not clear exactly how long ago, but some time ago, um, Tysul's company, which is called Quantum in Time, and it's called Quantum in Time in English, um, Mm -hmm. has just gone public on the South Korean Stock Exchange. 
big deal, lots of money, everyone's clapping, whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Tysol's brother is, like, having a mental breakdown outside of the, like, special hall where they're having this ceremony and he's screaming mm-hmm. and he's trying to get his brother's attention and finally Tysol goes out there and what is his brother seems very disconnected from reality because he's like I've seen them again they're following you they're looking for you you have you're not safe you need to be more careful and Tysol is like what is what has happened like he's like you are drinking yeah he, and he <laughs> accuses him of various things um, and then even shoves him, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. and, and at the end of the interchange, basically Tysol has his like security team take his brother away. And mm-hmm. it seems like that's the last time Tysol ever saw his brother before he died. Yeah. Um, yeah. so he's very upset about this. This is what he regrets. Coming home from the therapy session, I think, um, Tysul and his driver are driving, like getting to the gate that leads to Tysul's home. And there's a person who basically like runs in front of the car. Yeah. And he looks very banged up. But when he looks up, we discover that it's the co-pilot from the plane crash. And he's, he's also really jittery and seemingly disconnected from reality. Um, mm-hmm. And he starts saying, and they're like, what happened to you? And he says that he's been attacked by the control bureau. And neither Tysul nor his driver know what that is. <laughs> and when the co-pilot, co-pilot goes on to say, that plane crash was not a bird strike. It, was, it wasn't a bird that hit the plane. And Tysol is really confused. And so the co-pilot gives him a flash drive that has footage of the crash. And I th- the co-pilot says, like, look for the suitcase. And Tysol is like, huh? Like, but then the co-pilot, like, runs away. Um, yeah. So then T- Tysol takes this flash drive, which appears to have footage from the black box of the plane, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And when he's looking at it, what does he see? What does he learn as a result of reviewing this footage? So, yeah, he looks at it and what hits the plane, there is something that hits the plane. It's not a bird. It's a ginormous suitcase that punches a hole in the, I think the suitcase is the thing that punches the hole in the window when yeah and now i'm realizing realizing that that hole maybe when the cabin depressurizes it's not that the main pilot gets hit by a projectile it's that the the depressurization like pulls his head forward and bashes it against the control maybe that's i think that's what it is okay Uh, okay and then then like a couple seconds later in the footage you see like a body or something fly by and that's when like the co-pilot is like stunned right um and my first thought was when I saw it in like fast motion I was like is that a freaking alien flying (laughs) I I thought it was an alien I was like well here we go with the sci-fi there's a flying (laughs) alien that put the plane down um but then he slows it down or he pauses it at a certain point and 
it is actually his brother? Right. Question mark. Yes. Um, Big question mark. I'm pretty. In my mind. I mean, yes. I still don't know the answer to that riddle specifically based on the episodes I've watched, but I. It certainly, to me, looked like it was his actual brother who had come down with the suitcase somehow. Yeah. Um, Super weird. Yes. So, as a viewer, you're like, what? W-T-F. And they really know how to put together a good show because then they're like, Okay, so that storyline, forget Moving it. On. Forget it. We're going on to something else now. Because remember that other lady that we haven't thought about I in a while? Forgotten. <laughs> I had forgotten about her. I, like, fully forgot about yeah, her. Yeah, so then we go into this restaurant. And the character Jai Sun is there. He's getting berated by his boss. Uh, and when his boss leaves, he's taking out the trash. And now we find Sohai in the alley behind this restaurant. So it's unclear to me how she gets away from that group of people that were trailing her before. But she somehow yeah. has managed to do so. Um, and she, he starts talking to her um, to see, like, if she needs help. He asks if she speaks Korean. Um, she does, of course, speak Korean. Uh, but she mainly attacks him with a knife that she finds somehow. Um, and asks, then asks for food. So then we go into mm. the restaurant. She's eating. Um, we get a really great bit where she's eating a banana without peeling the skin off. Um, oh God, that is, and then I started being like, is she an alien? Then I was like, really like on the search for who the aliens. Were. Well, definitely that I'm eating a banana without peeling it does have a real, um, I'm Celeste from my stepmother as an alien vibe yes, for sure. Exactly. Um, but I think what we'll learn later, and I haven't gotten this far in the series, but I think what we'll learn later is that she's from a future where that th that kind of food doesn't exist anymore on this planet, and so she's never actually oh. eaten. Oh, it's banana. all just like power bars. I guess, and like, or like <laughs> like astronaut food. I don't know what goops, like that different like goops an, yeah. of con certain types. Um, Ugh. But I don't want to live that long. <laughs> um, so she's eating a whole bunch of stuff. And Jason is just sitting there kind of like, I'm not sure what I'm meant to do. Like, should I stay or should I go? But they have the TV on. And uh, Jason is a lotto player. And so he's watching because he's picked lotto numbers for the day, which do not work out. But as the balls are, like, being selected, what is... So high doing like just casually she's like saying she's like casually saying the numbers before they come up yeah so he keeps he's getting more and more surprised and so he's like huh this girl is very strange i don't know what's happening but she seems to know the lotto numbers so let's give it a shot right let's not dump her ass out on the street immediately like i should do um <laughs> But more to the point, once the lotto numbers are over, they switch back to the news and they mention Taisul um, and that he mm -hmm. has, like, woken from his coma. And when she sees his image or hears his name, it's not totally clear, like, yeah, she starts to glitch. Another reason why I thought that she was an alien. I'm, I'm, I'm now three episodes in and I'm still not convinced she isn't. Um... Hmm. she's definitely something that is not exclusively human. Yeah, she also seemed sort of like a, um, 
hologram's not the right word, but right. Like when she glitched, she yeah, she like, like she pixelated. Was on TV. Yeah, she pixelated. Yeah. Um, and I actually had to rewind that part because I was like, wait a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she pixelates and then she passes out as a result of seeing this person. Um, mm-hmm. We then follow her into Jason's apartment where she wakes up, I think, the next day. Um, mm-hmm. And she's looking around um, and she sees that he has happily brought not only her to his apartment, but also the suitcase that she came with. Um, so she opens it up and we see all kinds of kind of crazy shit in there. Um, most of which it's not clear what it is because it looks kind of vaguely mechanical. Um, <laughs> and so while she's like reviewing these items, Jason comes in and he asks her if she's running away. Um, so she doesn't, I mean, Sohai is very silent in this episode. She does not answer this question of, like, if she's running away. Um, yeah. But Jason is like, well, I'll help you, but I want some lotto numbers in exchange. <laughs> and she does agree to uh-huh. that. Um, but so the first request is, like, I want you to call Taisul. I need to speak mm-hmm. to him. Then we cut to Taisul's house where... He has still been reviewing this footage on the USB, um, but now he's like, at it. He's gotten more information about the crash, crash, and he's doing like a math montage. Um, oh yeah, of like figuring out something, and um, basically he tells um, his bodyguard and I think Sung Bok. He's like, I'm gonna. I need to go do something. I'm gonna be gone for the day. Because mm-hmm. he's lo- he's like, you don't know exactly what he's looking for, but he's located something. Um, yeah. So then he goes out. He's in a field. Um, and as he's out doing that, he's missing. He's like putting flags in yeah. the ground and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And as he's doing that, he's missing an important board meeting. And Like always. Yeah. And that one guy is He's super upset. (laughs) Super upset. He's getting, like, calls and texts like none other. Their boardroom, by the way, is very pretty. It is a good boardroom. Because it's right on the water. And it's, like, all glass. Yes. Um, So so that's happening. Meanwhile, we go back to Jason's apartment where Sohai has been on the phone with, I guess, what is actually more like customer service for Quantum Time. Yes, this was... (laughs) This was so funny to me because she calls customer service. She's like, I, please, can I talk to uh, Taisul? And they're like, yeah, no, this is customer service, bro. And she's like, no, 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 I don't need to talk to Taisul. And then, like, it is, they're like, uh, okay. And his voice comes on, and she's, like, starting to talk as if it wasn't a clearly a recorded yeah. thing. But and because she And she continues to tell him stuff. I know. Uh, but, well, one, in her defense... It's like one of those automated things that's like, if I hear this word, I do this response and whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she, again, though we don't know where she's from, I don't think she's ever dealt with customer service before. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. In this moment, yes, that's true. That's true. If she's like an alien or if she's like a hologram or if she's like, uh, you know, from another world, another time. 
That's true. I forgot about that piece because I was kind of like, what is wrong with her? Right. So the main important thing is that in the context of this phone call, she gets more and more agitated and she kind of concludes by saying, don't open the suitcase. Um, Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. as she's doing, and like, so all of this is like kind of being cut together. It's the final minutes of the show and we're just kind of going back and forth between different places. Then we go to this random parking lot where um, the co-pilot, who is definitely having a rough day. He's having a bad day, yeah. (laughs) He has an envelope. Not sure what's inside it. He seems extremely stressed out. And he gets into his car. And I can't remember, did we as the audience see someone fiddling with his car before he gets there? I don't know if we see a person, but we see like... It, what looks like something is cut underneath it, like a, oh, a yeah, wire the dripping cut and like down. we see like fluid yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, so he gets into his car. He's on the phone with this reporter. He's about to put his key in the ignition. And I was like, don't do it. Um, but then he gets the phone call. And the phone call is this reporter and they set a meeting to talk about something mysterious. Mm-hmm. But then the call ends. He turns the key and... The car blows up. Yep. Boom. Um, the final bit is that we're back in the field with Ty Sewell, and he's found this suitcase. And he remember he's, like, looking at it. And so he, he assumes this is his brother's suitcase, right? Because, it, like, the suitcase yeah. and his brother appeared in the same footage. Yeah. But the suitcase has like a locking mechanism in it where you have to turn those little numbers to make it open. And so then he has a bit of a flashback because he's like, I wonder what set of numbers my brother would have used to do this. And he flashes back to like when their company, Quantum and Time, very first opened up. And by that I mean they're in this weird ass quote-unquote laboratory in the middle of nowhere but like yeah it looks like a a weird like barn slash like yeah silo yeah it looks actually like because they show it again later in a different episode and it looks like it's a laboratory made out of shipping containers oh yeah okay um but like literally in the middle of nowhere and so the, like, flashback is of him and his brother, and they're very proud because this is, like, a, their official company now or whatever. And mm-hmm. the main thing that's, like, very cool is that the brother has gotten one of those keypads for the door <laughs> where yeah, you have yeah. to, like, press in some numbers before the door opens. And is mm-hmm. like, well, how, like, what is the code? Like, how am I going to remember? And his brother, for some reason, is like, it's what it always is for my password. It's your birthday. And I'm like, What? Why? I'm sorry, Amy. I'm not going to use your birthday for my password. I would forget that. I would forget it so fast. And hey, guess what? I'm not going to tell anybody my birthday because now then you'll all know all my passwords. But my birthday is so much easier to remember than yours. (laughs) It is indeed. Um, So, but anyway, so he remembers this. So, kind of like the final few moments of show are we see so high shouting into a phone don't open the suitcase and then we go back and he is flipping them numbers so he can open the suitcase (laughs) and that's the end and yeah and 
Yeah. And I was like, I honestly was like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, because I, I was very tempted to watch like another. Because they do. Like, at the end of that one. Right. They just kind of the way the shot is done. It's, it's like looking. The suitcase opens. That's it. Right. You don't see what's inside. Yeah. Yeah. OK. What's inside doesn't so I help. Was, I'll say that. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> clarify anything. Hmm, I guess you'll have to skip to see like episode 16. But like. Yeah, I was definitely like, oh, bummer, man. I wanted to figure out what was going on because I truly, as much as, you know, it's, I will say I'll give this show credit because a lot of times when I'm fully confused, which is a lot of times, but um, I it really, like, checks me out. Like, I'm like, I don't care about this then. If I don't get it, like, this show's do, or this show or this movie or whatever it is is doing a bad job. But for me in this, like, I was confused and I had n- little to no idea what was going on at any point. But I was, like, still in it. Like, wow, I was still work. wanting. I know. I'm giving the show credit because it, like, I really didn't think when I, when it was called Sisyphus, for some reason that, I was like, oh, God, I'm not going <laughs> to like this. Um, but now that I'm thinking of Sisyphus. I don't that, really get if that's, I have yet to figure out if that's a metaphor for something. Uh-huh. Um, and I was thinking, I did, for some reason, even reading, like, the small description, I was, like, afraid it was more spacey mm-hmm. than it was. Um, yeah. So I did enjoy that about oh, it. Oh, I think I maybe know what Sisyphus refers to. Okay. Because, well, basically... No spoilers. No. Basically, <laughs> I, I don't think this spoils anything in terms of, like, how the show plays out. But, like... No, yeah. So, it, I'm fairly certain that the, the premise here is that people from the, pa- from the future are coming back to the past for various yeah. reasons. And, the, and that's like their Sisyphean task is to like save people? Well, I think what it is is that... And they're not going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's maybe even a little bit more poignant than that. Like, the people who are coming oh. back from the past are coming back because they have a specific thing that they would like to do differently. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I mean, generally, that's when, like, a soul is, like, you know, it's, like, when you're wanting redemption or wanting to change your path. I mean, it was interesting, and I definitely, I will say, even though you didn't ask, but it is one, you know, we do lots of shows where we watch one episode, and I could give a crap to ever like revisit or I would you know I'll forget about it the minute I stop watching it (laughs) this is one that like I feel like I would possibly revisit or like even have Isaac watch the first one and like we watch it because he really liked Squid Game so I feel like he might get into this too yeah um yeah it's definitely I mean it's not and I know it's not like Squid Game but but like it has it's like Squid Game in that, like, the production value is really good. Yeah, and, it's, like, everything sucks and, like, good. life sucks. <laughs> it's good at, like, get, like, the reveals are interesting and, like, not yeah. just, like, your standard, like, oh, obviously that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the thing. I think the Sisyphus part of it all is that, you go back and you try and fix this thing that you feel bad about, and maybe you do fix that thing, but then something else... But you else, mess up a lot of yeah, other shit. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, that's the whole deal with time yes, travel and yes. stuff. Yes, we've seen that any number of times in time tra- where time travel is a component to a story. 
um, yeah. where people are trying to fix something and what it doesn't work it doesn't work <laughs> like at the end of the day it just doesn't work because while you you might fix one thing you end up messing up some other thing um mm-hmm. and so and then you end up with like biff is your dad so like don't do it <laughs> yeah or like um what was that other one where she was trying to save her brother from being shot by the police like uh yeah you just you give up your life in this kind of bid to fix something that yeah. you just can't do um so okay so Note to self yeah so I actually I will say although some of the other episodes have been a little bit have like more science fictiony parts in them like this doesn't have that much of that in it quite yet um mm-hmm. I think that this show might be something that people would want to watch so we haven't given anything away this is just like yeah. Kind of setting things up. Um, and it's on Netflix, yeah. so it's very easy and accessible. And um, it basically dropped on Netflix, like, even though in South Korea it was and a it's weekly d- and, and show. And it's dubbed, so. Yeah, and it was a oh, weekly okay. show in South Korea. But, like, here it basically dropped all at once, so you can watch it all yeah. if you like. And it does, it is one of those ones where you're like, mm, I think I got to watch that next episode to, like, sort of understand well because clearly because they they end it they like end it with the suitcase opening and then you're like ah son of a bitch I gotta figure out what that is yeah and then all of a sudden it's 2 a.m and you're like yeah damn it there that went um so (laughs) yeah you might I think probably a lot of people might be interested in checking it out but in terms of yawns and eye rolls um as always one yawn is this wasn't boring um and ten yawns is this was way 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 too boring what would you give it okay I feel like I've used this number a lot lately but I think I'm gonna go two because you know always like a touch room for improvement um but I was not bored yeah it may be like for an episodic I was a little bummed at first that it was like an hour and 13 minutes it was was a bit long yeah (laughs) but it didn't feel that long so I was okay with it in the end agreed and so yeah two truthfully as the outline indicates very little happens and yet it's still yeah long, which is interesting somehow because um, they because the plane crash was that was eight, eight minutes yeah, worth it was re- it was a long scene um yeah it was. yeah I would say I would give it a two as well in part because I would have liked it to be maybe slightly snappier in terms of pacing yeah um yeah but it didn't drag either so I was like okay fine yeah um and then also subsequent episodes are a bit shorter. It's more like about an hour rather than an hour 15. Yeah. So I think it's also just okay. like they have to do some setup in this just, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then for eye rolls, one eye roll being like, I believed it all. I bought into everything. <laughs> and 10 eye rolls is like, I believed nothing and I bought into nothing. What would you give it? Well, that's it's kind of a tough one because like I didn't know really what was happening a lot. <laughs> so mm. it's like I'm not do I buy it? I don't really know what's happening. Um yeah. Uh I might do like a 5. Okay. Um, right down the middle. Like right down the middle. Um I'm not sure that like I know he's a smart engineer. I'm not sure I totally buy him being able to bring that plane down mm. without incident. Yeah. That's fair. Um though I am not an engineer myself and I don't have any idea how to fly a plane it seems like that was very lucky that they all came down with um so th- that part was a little like mm, I don't know um 
And obviously, like, the time travel thing is, like, a little, like, wishy-washy for me. So, yeah, five. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I would maybe move it down slightly to a three. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly just because, yes, and that's mostly about, like, do I believe a plane crash works this way? Um, because the rest <laughs> really wasn't very, like, we weren't really into the time travel or, like, kind of the wacky stuff yet. Um, yeah. so it felt pretty grounded in reality for me at this yeah. stage mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so then final, uh, did you like it and would you recommend it? I mean, we've kind of covered this, but just to yeah. fully round it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did like it. Um, would I recommend it? Yeah, sure. Like, and I would, you know, maybe there'd be like a caveat of like, uh, it's dystopian. It's a little dark. It's a little weird. You might not know what's happening. <laughs> um, if, you know, subtitles or dubbing is a problem for you, maybe that's a stumbling block. I mean, I might, you know, those might be things for people. I'm not sure. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would recommend it overall. I think it's well done. Yeah. So I wouldn't be embarrassed to recommend it because <laughs> even if it wasn't somebody's, like, bag they could be like oh I could see that it's like a well done piece of work yeah yeah I think I my only thing would be like if you like squid game then check it out if you didn't yeah then probably not for you that would be yeah I guess feeling. so because I did like it and I and the recommendation would just be dependent upon like if you know squid game then you if might be open your... to this otherwise yeah it probably isn't for you so yeah um, well, awesome. This was a real success. Thank you, Amy, for <laughs> discussing this with me, as always. Uh, I am Sarah, and we will see you next week in space. Ooh. Gobble, gobble, Amy. Gobble, gobble, Sarah. Uh, so happy Turkey Day, or imminent Turkey Day, is on the way. Um I'm sorry about that. I don't like saying Turkey Day. Do you like Turkey Day as a saying? <laughs> uh, I never really thought about it. I mean, it's a little sad for the turkeys, but indeed, it is not a happy Turkey Day for no, them. No, it's not. It's, it's the not opposite. About celebrating turkeys. It's in turkey. Any type of way. <laughs> it's Turkey Holocaust for them. I think um, if Phoebe from Friends put it correctly, she calls it. Um, Needless turkey murder day. <laughs> Indeed, and that is the truth. But but also, dear listeners, uh, we will not be seeing you. <laughs> we will not be seeing On speaking. needless turkey murder day. <laughs> Correct. Um, and for those of you outside of the United States, this is even more bizarre uh, that there is a holiday in the middle of nothing, apropos of nothing. Um, but we will be taking uh, the Thanksgiving week off We wish you all the best. And if for you it is just an average Thursday, um, then have a really great average Thursday. We wish you all the best. Um, And we will see you next week in space. Get ready for Christmas movies. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.